Welcome back to another episode of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. This is Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former UC basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the legendary coach, Bob Huggins. I was fortunate enough to wear the iconic Jordan brand unis during my time. Now, you can follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram, at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham is spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. I'm also on Facebook and LinkedIn, Alex Meacham. I'm on Snapchat, Big Meach 41 And now, I can officially say this, on season two, I am now on TikTok, at Alex Meacham 41 This is a special edition of the podcast, my interview series with a very special guest. Bearcat fans, I'm excited to welcome in this Bearcat great. Played basketball for the Bearcats from 2006 to 2008 under Mick Cronin. And he was part of Coach Cronin's first two seasons as the head coach of UC. He was the second leading scorer on those two teams behind Deontay Vaughn. But he was an absolute beast on the boards and played with that toughness that Bearcat fans have become accustomed to seeing from the players wearing the red and black. I would like to welcome in my guy, number 45, John Williamson. What's up, John? What up? What up? Oh, man. Making it, making it. Uh, what are you up to these days, man? Man, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big, big entrepreneur, man. You know, I'm, I'm a part Ooh. of the business side, business side of everything right now. I like to hear so, that. Uh, what all do you have going on from an entrepreneur standpoint? Uh, big in uh, real estate. Uh, here in Columbus, uh, I'm a real estate agent. Uh, I'm a real estate appraiser, and I'm a real estate investor. Uh, started okay. investing back in 2012. You liking uh, it? So yeah, oh yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it, man. And do you do you feel like your your you know from your playing days, whether it was with UC, Cincinnati State, or back to high school, do you feel like that helped prepare you for? after you finish from a business standpoint of being able to put a structured schedule together, how hard you have to work, do you feel like that athletic background that you have helps you in business today? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because like you said, it's, it's all about the structure. And, you know, ever since coming in the game, that's what you – it's structure and discipline. Mm-hmm. And those, I, I think, are, are the two prominent things that go along with business. The structure yep. and discipline, and 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 of course, uh, which <laughs> which helps a lot is your professionalism. Yeah, uh, and, and staying with that, and that and that, and I think that all coincides. Yeah, no, no question. Now I haven't seen you. I remember actually the last time I saw you. I don't know if you remember this, but it was at Coach mm-hmm. Brandon's house, and he had yeah. that former player. Get, do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, that was yeah. the last time I think we 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 saw each other. So you were sitting yeah. with you were sitting with uh, Deontay. You guys yep, were yep, chopping it up. Yep. Yep, Tay, that's my guy. Oh man, yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna jump into that because you two were were definitely monsters um, in the game, wearing the red and black, and such mm-hmm. an integral part of of helping this program get to the 
get to the level they are today. But what I want to do real quick, and I do this with every former player that comes on the show, I'd like to ask you, when you got to UC, you chose to wear number 45. I ask every player, why did you choose to wear that number? Oh, man, that was my number in high school. Uh, And, man, I really don't know. Oh, (laughs) see, I do know. In high school, we didn't have much choices. I'm a, I'm a city kid <laughs> here, uh, here, here in Columbus, and you know, the bigger, the bigger the number, the bigger the size. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. And you, so, you were one of the bigger guys, so yeah, I was one of the bigger guys. So I'm like, man, you know, I like smaller numbers, but you know, the size, the, the size fit, and then which made it, which made it, you know, kind of sweeter for me. Jordan switched over to 45, mm-hmm. so I'm like, oh, okay. I got mm-hmm. somebody I could, you know, relate to <laughs> with yeah. the number thing. But, yeah, that's that's how that came about. So I was in, in between 40 and 45 in, in, in high school because of, of the sizes. Got you. If you had your choice, what number would you have chosen, you know, back if, then? If I had my choice, um, probably 23. Because I idolized Jordan, I Jordan so much, and yeah, no uh, question. you know, back then, you know, when I was growing up, that he was definitely, you know, the great, one of the yeah. greats. So, yeah, and you, you you had to be. How, how old are you now, John? Uh, Thirty-four. Thirty-four. So that would mean back when Michael wore. So if you're 34, when Michael Jordan came back to the game and switched to number 45, you were like nine years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you, uh-huh. right? Yeah. You were about nine because yeah. that was like 95. So, mm-hmm. so you were you were born in 86, right? Because you're 34. Yeah, I was so. born 86. Yeah. Yep, yep. Gosh, man, back in the day. Now, did you did you watch the uh, Last Dance like every other basketball yeah. person? Locked in? Yeah, yeah. Why? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I, I mean I liked it. I liked it. I mean it, it it showed pretty much who we all figured Jordan was. I mean we 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 figured. I mean we seen he was a hard worker and he seemed like a perfect uh, perfectionist. And mm-hmm. you know, and that coming out and you know, just hearing his teammates and stuff and everybody you know talk to. What I didn't know was how you know what how what Scottie Pippen went through. You know, oh, yeah. being he was and being underpaid and treated like how he was treated. And then we all knew the craziness of Dennis Rodman, and he's always been like that. But some of the stuff that came out, I was just like, "Sheesh, this dude right. ripped off the wall, off, off the wall." But that just shows how good he was, too. Like how he can do something like that, go to Vegas and party like that, and then come back and give you, give you thirty rebounds. Crazy, <laughs> sheesh, crazy. Different like I, I, I tell you, man, it, and it goes to show you people. I know, like, for myself growing up, being a young guy, watching the Bulls, and even Mm -hmm. being older now, it's like you watch it and you have no idea what those teams or that team is going through. Yeah. And we're going to dive into the teams you were on and kind of maybe what you guys were going through. But people just – they watch basketball players play. They they eat their popcorn. They watch the game and they have fun. Yeah, they don't know. They don't know. I was just that crazy. We're even we're talking about that because I was just on the phone. I was on a FaceTime on on live with uh, a friend of mine, Jerome Tillman, and we were talking about that, like how the off season training 
is 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 is, is a lot tougher than the season. But people don't see don't know what all goes in, like the body, our bodies, and sure. the training and everything. We just talked about that last night because he's over yep. in Japan still playing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We were talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, that that and that off season, you know, transformation, and, and we're going to talk about that with your Bearcat days. You know, going from their first season to your Ooh. second season. You know, all the players have to kind of go through a, okay, I've got to do this better. And I, and I draw yep. back to when I played with Kenyon Martin. I don't think mm-hmm. I, I've ever been around somebody from year to year that just completely changed their game during the off season, yeah. like the amount of work yep. that he put in to make himself the number one player in the draft. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's yes. just, but we're, we're definitely going to dive into that. But what I want to do though, uh, because these are long form interviews, I want to kind of go back and kind of build your story that, that leads to the Bearcat days, but l- let's rewind the tape. Um, mm-hmm. you, you, like you mentioned before, you grew up in Columbus. Um, you went to Marion Franklin high school. Is that yep. correct? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. What type, what type of high school player were you? Um, I was solid. I was, I was real. I was, I was really solid. I was um on the I was, I was overlooked. Uh, I felt like I was a, a lot. Why is that underrated? Because I was a, I was a city kid. I was more of a, a street kid. I didn't really get in the basketball markets at an early age. Like, I didn't start playing basketball until mm. I was like, I didn't start playing um with an organized basketball till I was in ninth grade. Wow, maybe even ten because ninth grade I didn't even try out for the team. Like I think I got hurt or something like that, and like it wasn't even on my mind to even play. Like I was playing at the rec centers and stuff like that, of course. But you know, I, like I said, organized basketball wasn't really, you know, on in my mind. So yeah, man, that's really that's that's really how my basketball started. I, I didn't try out or do anything so a lot I, I wasn't looked at you know like you know you, that young you you you're usually playing in leagues you're training with mm-hmm. like the trainers around the city yep. your uh your, your AAU you know you have that so you you're getting that publicity and you're getting that your name put out because you're working out with these people and doing it and I didn't do I didn't do none of that so yeah and and that's what happened. That came, I think, with the territory of, of doing it. So I was just like raw talent, mm-hmm. you know, leading up to that. And then I started, you know, once I got into tenth grade, I started taking it serious because I started meeting people and talking to people, and and that really, you know, got me got my name out there a little bit. But like I said, I was still, you know, overlooked just because I wasn't on those platforms. Right. Right. I mean, and, and, and shit, John, you, you look at it now, man, they've got, you, I can go on Instagram right now and find like mixtapes on sixth graders. What? And, like, oh, man. It, it's yeah. crazy, isn't it? Crazy. Crazy, and, and to, man. And to think, and to think, and I tell parents and kids this all the time, but to think you really didn't start your, your, your process until that 10th grade year, and you yeah. still made it to play and be mm-hmm. – one of the more dominant players in the Big East, the best conference mm-hmm. in America. Um, and so I always tell people, you don't have to, like, do all this stuff so early. And, and, and like, you got, right. like I said, you got sixth graders are ranked number three in the country. Right. I'm like, I don't know what that means. Like, who's watching that? <laughs> right. Sixth graders, right? Right, um, right. Now, let me ask you this. Were you, were you always one of the bigger kids? Because you're what? You're six foot seven. Is that right? 
close to that? I'm six six. Six six. So were you always yep. a, a bigger kid even in high school? No, I, I grew. I grew. It's funny. <laughs> That's funny. We talk about that too, because I grew four inches over one summer, my eighth grade year to ninth grade year. Wow. I grew four wow. inches. I went from six foot to being six four in ninth grade. That helps. <laughs> yeah. So like, it was funny because I went to school and like all my friends was looking at me like, what? What just happened? Like, what the hell just happened to John? Like, y'all seen him? Like, right. it was crazy. But and and going back to my childhood, I used to have real bad cramps in my legs. Mm. I used to have really bad. Like, my mom used to have to rub like the back of my knees because my my legs used to cramp up so much, and we didn't know. And the doc and we used to go to the doctor, and he's like, "Man, he just he's just growing. He's just growing. He's like, he's gonna have a growth spurt one. He's like, and I think it's gonna be." you know, pretty big. And, you know, we weren't thinking at that time because I was just hurting. And I think that's what it was because after that, I didn't have those those leg pains. Mm. That's that's interesting. So so you grow and you, you've already, I mean, you've got the ingredients to be a good basketball player. You've got toughness, mm-hmm. you know, you've got, you've got size now. You just mm-hmm. were raw, right? Yeah. You were just raw. Was yep. there any, was there anybody – um, you know, during that time period that really kind of like either mentored you, took you under their wings and said, all right, John, we're, we're going to get you there. Oh, you know what? Yeah, uh, it was actually the, the AD, our athletic uh, director, and the coach, uh, Mr. Williams, his name is Scott mm-hmm. Williams. He, he, he's up here in Columbus, so I think he's with uh, West High School now. But yeah, that's the crazy. That's the crazy. Thing. I mean, I got I got crazy because of how my basketball stuff started. They actually came. I think I was either at the swimming pool or at the rec center. With the rec center and swimming pool, they're 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 together here mm-hmm. at Mary Franklin. And they literally they were having trials. I was I was at the pool and at the at the rec, you know, playing with my friends. <laughs> and they came over like, "What are you doing?" Like, you know, they heard about me. People, you know, say I think it was Tamika Brown. She was actually assistant coach for the girls at uh for UC a couple years when I was there. And she was uh, there? Was Tamika Brown, huh? She was she was there in Columbus? Yeah, she yeah, she's from Columbus. She went to Ohio State. She was okay. like yeah, she, oh yeah, Tamika's nice. But mm-hmm. she had said something too you know, them, like, man, y'all need to get this kid. Like, he plays at the rec. Like, you know, he's pretty good. So she pretty much put my name out there to, to, to some people. And, you know, I was known around the neighborhood. But, like I said, I was, like, more wanted to be, like, a streak. I'm being around my friends. I like being around. Yep. So they came up to the rec to, like, hey, you know, we having tryouts and basketball, you know, basketball tryouts. Why aren't you over here playing this and that? And I'm like, man, I probably ain't going to get the grades. Man, I'm not about to go. You know, do something because I, 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 it happened to me in middle school. I didn't get to get grades, but I was just like, man, I don't really care. I'm, you know, living my mm-hmm. life, man. And, and that's what happened. So they, man, they, they came and got me. Uh, I still had that attitude, uh, a didn't care attitude, just a bad attitude. And so I didn't try out. They ended up putting me on the team anyway. They put me on freshman. <laughs> they put me on the team like, huh, you on freshman. So I played mm-hmm. freshman and did all right. And then that next year, my tenth grade year, man, they took me on a. Uh, they start having like summer little summer workouts and stuff. You mm-hmm. come in the gym, they wanted to see how you were doing, like just to, to see players for the next year. And they had uh, Kenny Gregory come in and talk to us. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, Kenny Gregory, 
De- a legend, a legend here, great player. Yep. And yep. Spoke with him. He was still young then. He he was he was really young, still playing then. And uh, and they just seen they just had us work out, and they took me under le- under their wing. Like man, you could really you know be something special, man. And and that's how it happened. The rest is history. And 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 uh, oh, which make it even sweeter is a guy. He was our security guard, man. And he was at Brookhaven. Brookhaven was like a powerhouse of high schools here mm-hmm. uh, back then. And he was, I think he was either assistant coach for Brookhaven or he was their security guard too, one or the other. But he ended up taking me, uh, one of the guys, named name was Miguel, and um, uh, what's the other guy, uh, Jeff, Jeff Cumberland. Mm-hmm. He ended up taking us three to a UC game. And that's how I became – Successful UC. It was really? a, it was a game. Yeah, it was a game. Steve Logan set the assist record. I never <laughs> yeah, oh man! It was a game. Steve Logan set the uh, assist record. Uh, this security guard took us three. Them two, Miguel and uh, Jeff, went to Brookhaven, and I was at Marion Franklin. And he took uh-huh. us to the UC game, and we got to sit in the locker room, hugs there, and everything. Man, it was surreal. And that's when I really like changed my mindset. Like, man. I want to. I want this, man. I want this. Yeah, and you know that's that's fascinating to hear because I think every successful high level, whether you're basketball, baseball, football, whatever the sport is, you've had somebody along your journey kind of grab mm-hmm. you and, and either you know put you in a position or talk to you about something that helps you it's go important. to that next level. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like like every everybody has that you know, those couple people or that environment. So you obviously mm-hmm. had that. Somebody had faith in you, took you, you know, under their wings. Um, you start to develop. Let's fast forward to your senior year of high school. Um, mm-hmm. At your senior year, um, at this point, what type of player are you? How'd your team do um, in the, uh, I guess, the state tournament at that time? Uh, we we did. I, I developed really. I, I was – I was like one of our one of our top players on the team. Uh, I started getting a little bit of recognition. I had a couple schools coming and you know asking about me. Um, and but we, man, we were so behind because I don't think we. I don't want to say it like as far. I mean, as far as my knowledge goes, I mean we had some good players and you know at my school, but. It wasn't translated because I say that to say this. I only took the ACT in high school one time. Really? Yeah. So my eligibility was yeah. – and I wasn't the smartest. So, you know, I end up – I think whatever the number was for me to go Division One, I, I was one below it. So if mm. I needed a 16, I had a 15. Or if it was a 17, I had a 16. And I only took I only took it one time. I never forget it. I drove myself. Ended up finding it was crazy because someone came. I think it was a, I think it was like a counselor or something. Like, did you take the ACT? And I'm like, what's that? And she's like, <laughs> oh my god. And Mrs. Moore, Miss Moore, mm-hmm. and she's like, oh my god. Nobody said any. I'm like, no. She's like, you need to get on this right away. This. I'm like, oh. I'm like, man, it's a big deal. Like. So that's how that's how far behind you know I was you know as far you know that and I think our program, 
because mm-hmm. I never took the test. Like I took that test one time. I'll never forget. I went to Hamilton, Hamilton Township High School and took the test. I drove myself Saturday morning, and and only took that thing one time, man. Mm-hmm. And I I think that's what. But I mean, for but for the team and I, we had a really we had a, a pretty good, not really good. We ended up losing, I think, in the in the city uh, to the city. I think we lost to Mifflin or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, I mean, all the guys. I mean, I grew up with, and you know, and, and played with, you know, growing, you know, growing up. So it was a really nice experience. Uh, we didn't have any team issues as far as like the end team and every like inside the team or nothing like that. So it was right. great. Man. It was great. Yeah, and, and now you've got obviously the bug to play it at a high level. Um, you end up at mm-hmm. Cincinnati State. So how did that yep. happen? Yep. So I end up I ended up at Cincinnati State. Uh, Man, how did that happen? I know I didn't want to go to – so, yeah, so when I went to that UC game, I knew I wanted to go to Cincinnati. I was like, man, mm-hmm. that school is great. You know, I wonder how I, how would it help getting it, get me there. And um, I forgot someone – I don't know if it was our AD or, or what. It was a couple guys I was already playing there uh, that was from Columbus. And I knew that if I stayed in Columbus, I would get in trouble. Like I was like, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, from where how I grew up and the friends I was hanging around, I I didn't hang around a lot of guys that played basketball. Like played basketball, I, I hang around guys that played basketball because it was fun. But they were more in the street. But they were my friends. It wasn't like they weren't no really bad influences. But I knew basketball wasn't going to take them to school or do anything like that. And I didn't hang around guys. That mm-hmm. because you know it's it's a different group of friends that you have. You have friends that play basketball that you go play AAU and you play and you know work out with. And like I said, I didn't do any of that, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so going so so fast forward. Ah oh, man, I think Tate ended up Andre Tate ended up calling and he had something. It spoke to my parents. Was like, yeah, you know, we don't know what, what route. Is he going to take? You know, but you know, I could. We have scholarships and stuff. Like, if he wants to come here, he's not too far away from home. So I'm like, yeah, because I know I don't want to stay here in Columbus because I'll probably get in trouble and I won't be focused. <laughs> so that's just far enough for me to, you know, be close to home and still, you know, far enough to mm-hmm. where I'm just, I'm just gonna, not going to drive home. And so that's what I did, man. I ended up going. He ended up having like a, a open gym slash tryout. And me and a guy from here, uh, Raylon, uh, went down and they gave us a room and stuff like that and put us up. It was like a two day uh, workout tryout, and and that's what happened. And they ended up picking me up. And now was was that was that Andre Tate's first year as a head coach? Because I know he was a yeah yeah yeah. Because they had over. another guy's name was Eric. Eric yeah, Thompson. Eric Thomas. Yeah, Eric, yeah, Eric Thomas, Thomas. I think. And yep. Tate was the assistant, then Eric left, and then Andre took over. So that was yep. your first year. Got yep. it. So that was my first year. Yep, yep, exactly. Yep, Got exactly. it. I, I, and that's great that, you know, obviously Andre Tate played for Huggins, played for the Bearcats. Yeah. How great that you had him as your coach. Hey, I put it all together, didn't I? Ask me. Yeah. <laughs> I said, oh, yeah, he went to UC, so I know he got UC ties. Like, that's how I was thinking. I'm like, then we got yep. Eric Martin, and then we had uh, – was Corey Blunt oh. helping? No, oh, not really. He might have been the second. He might have been the second wave. I'm sorry, because because 
Tate went to UC, came back, and I think he had he okay, came yeah, back. Then but, he okay, had, and we had yeah. uh, uh, what's his name, man? Uh, he was our assistant coach too. He went to UC. Oh, man, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. He was from Texas. Brown skin, bald head. Oh, man, that that's <laughs> guard. <laughs> Guard from Texas. Ah, I, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name, man. He was our oh. assistant coach too, but he went to Utah. We had an all UC staff. So you had Andre Tate, you had Eric Martin, and then we'll figure out who the other person is. I'm oh man, I'm mad. I'm forgetting, oh. forget, man. I can't even Good remember. Dude. Good dude. Oh man, dark skin. He was a point guard at UC. Oh man, I can't. Oh I can't. man. Oh, I can't think of who that would be. We'll, we'll we'll definitely figure that out. So how was your experience? How was your experience at Cincinnati State? Oh, it was great, man. It was it was great. Man, I had a I had a. It was scary at first when we first got. I was still I still had the attitude and and uh, I never forget it, man. Me and uh, Jarrell Redden, he's the coach at uh oh, now. I I know real <laughs> real well. He played AU for me. I know real. Oh, okay, yeah. So me and yeah. He, it's a funny story. I don't know if he's gonna be mad at me about this, or is he gonna, or he gonna laugh? No, but tell it. Him, I know almost all his stories. Yep. Uh, me and him almost flunked out of Cincinnati State. Really? <laughs> yeah. Here, here. I know he'll because me and him. So we, yeah, we had we had to get like a, I think a C or a B in a class to pass to be eligible. Mm-hmm. We weren't going to be eligible if we didn't pass the class in together. I think it was physics or something. Man, me and him was we we couldn't even coach like Coach Tate told us we couldn't practice, couldn't do anything basketball related. We had to study, we had to pass his class. Man, I remember me and him in in, in coach's office every day sweating, studying, mm-hmm. man, to pass his class so we so we would so we would be eligible. Man, that's man. It was a. I had a journey. I had a, a long. We could write a book. I could write a book on <laughs> the stuff I went through with my career. Like seriously, no, I, I yeah, bet. Man. But but I, I would assume under under Coach Tate and that staff there that you learned. I mean, you learned a lot because if you look at Andre Tate, man, he was like. It's funny that you were that you and you and Tate were that the backbone to Mick Cronin's era. Mm-hmm. And if you look back, Andre Tate was the backbone to Huggins's era because Andre oh, wow. Tate was the he was the, the he was the first player, well the first point guard on Huggins's team. So wow. Both you two and then you've got Eric Martin there who from uh-huh. an undersized player that could rebound the shit out of the ball, played hard. Yeah. Like, there are a lot of similarities between you and, and Eric between just toughness. Oh, and yeah. Play. yeah I, man, yeah. I, I developed a lot. Them, them guys really developed me after that. Yeah, I bet. So, so how, how did it happen? I, I know you said you, you, you know, you wanted to be a Bearcat, but obviously <laughs> some things have to have to be in place for you to do that. Obviously, academically, you have to be prepared. Yep. Mick, yeah. Mick has to want you. Talk about that process. Yeah, so after that, I took school a lot serious, <laughs> a lot more serious, and my grades mm-hmm. went up. And it's it's crazy, like, once you start doing what you're supposed to do, how easy it is. It's yeah. just like, man, pay attention. 
for the time you in there and all that stuff. Is, and so after that, it got so easy. So I never had a problem with school. I, I started being on dean's list and everything, just paying attention for the time I'm in class. <laughs> so yeah. you know, you know, uh, John, let me let me let me say something real quick with, with what you just said because I think that's an important point and it's so spot on because my my when I got to UC and Kenyon Martin was there. Mm-hmm. Um, Kenyon Martin was one of the smartest, like one of the smartest human beings I've ever been around. Like, wow. dude, dude just can figure, he can just figure things out on the court. Like, he's just got this incredible feel for, like, basketball life. He's just really smart dude. But he always right. struggled in some academic situations. And I'm like, Ken, you would literally crush it in the classroom if you just applied yourself. Like, you're yeah. not... Like there's some folks that just the classroom is ain't for them and they're, they're, right. they're not going to excel. And I think so many basketball players, like you said, that are so intelligent, they just apply themselves to that. They'll 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 crush it just like they do on the court. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so so so, so uh, I'm sorry, I got I got a little bit off there. You were talking about um, the process of, of choosing uh, the, or making it to the Bearcats. Yeah, so making it to the so yeah, I ended up uh because I was gonna go to uh uh I ended up going to take doing a visit to Purdue, actually. Oh and that was like one and I was yeah. Yeah, with Matt Painter and uh I think he had just take taken over. I got the job. I think he was there for about a year before. And uh I went down there and I did my official visit and everything. And don't know a lot of people don't know this story either. But um, after my you know after my visit, uh, I got a call from uh, Coach Painter and everything. We were talking. He was asking have I made my decision yet. This is like all season of my freshman year. After mm-hmm. I did pretty, I did pretty well my freshman year at Cincinnati State. And we were just talking. And uh, he was asking if I had made a decision. I'm like, no, not yet. Uh, you know, I'm still waiting. I don't know. He was like, man. And he had said this to me. i never forget it. And he's like, well, uh, you know, uh, it's it's a big decision, but you, you might want to, you, you know, you might want to consider it. Uh, and he said, you might not do, you don't, you don't know what the future holds. You don't know if you're going to do as good as you did next year, you did this year. And I was like, huh? I said, did so, this dude really say this to me? So and he I, basically – so wait a minute. What's he, he's telling you to take that scholarship now because it might not be there next year? Is yeah, that kind of, pretty wow. much. i never forget wow. it. I was sitting outside of my girlfriend's house talking on the phone. And it, 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 was, it, it was in the evening because I, I remember it being nighttime. I ended up calling Coach Tate right after and told Tate, like, Man, you believe what he just said to me? And he yeah. like, yeah. Well, you know what you need to do. You need to get. You need to get in the gym. And I call and I don't. I, I don't know Jarrell. I don't know Jarrell might have been with me. And man, mm-hmm. I give a lot of. I give man my hat off to Jarrell, man. It, it, it's because me and him been through a lot. And a lot of people don't know me and him. Like I said from the start, you know me and him most like I said failed. We won't won't be eligible, but. I think I ended up calling him or he was either with me. And I told him, he like, he looked at me like, let's work. And this is, we're kids. And he like, let's work. And after that, man, me and him pushed each other. Me and him Mm. walked to UC 
from Cincinnati <laughs> State. Man, I swear. Interview Rail after this. Ask Rail about all this stuff. It's crazy. Yeah. Me and him used to walk to UC to work out and play and, get, uh, and go to open gym and play. I remember me and him went to me, me and him went to uh, UC and we played. Uh, he gonna remember his name. He was a big guy. He had braids. Uh, he was there before me and uh, Dominique. Not, no, I want Dominique Tuffle. Who's who's the what's the guy's name that went that transferred to Ole Miss? Um, the point guard. Trans- Transfer to Ole Miss or South Carolina? You talking about South Carolina? Uh, uh, Devin Downey. Devin Downey, and uh, <laughs> the other guy I can't think of his name. Me and Jarrell went up there and played again with two hundred two. Man, they gonna be bad. But I ain't even gonna say the result. You gotta ask Jarrell about it. But ask Jarrell <laughs> about what happened. So me and him was just on a grind, man. So after that, because of it, so that's why I'm saying that this all led up to me going to UC, going to UC because when I went to Purdue, it was like one of my, you know, my first visits, and I was just like back in awe. I'm like, man, you know, these dudes got everything. Like, you know, this is definitely a step up from Cincinnati State, and it ain't mm-hmm. too far from home. Be playing in Big Ten, so I'm gonna be, you know, I'm gonna play Ohio State, you know. So I'm like, so the family going, cause I'm a big family guy, so I'm like, my family gonna be able to see me, you know, this and that, and it's, you know, and, uh, and they're 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 a great they're a great program. Coach Painter was there. I think they had Quiz. What was his name? Quizno or Coach Coach Quizno or something like that. He was there and uh, mm-hmm. someone else. And I'm like, man, that's a great program. So I'm like, all right. So, but after that, I was just like, you know, it's out the door. I'm, I know what it's, what it's, you know it's time to work. So I had them, and then I had Xavier, <laughs> Coach Mack. Oh wow! <laughs> I didn't know this. Oh, yeah. I didn't know this. So, oh, oh man! So there's a funny story. Well, I'm glad uh, you didn't with, go to Xavier, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what's his name? He was there, not Coach Mack. Who, who, who was the head? He was his assistant. He ended up being a head coach after that. Wasn't Coach Mack? Yeah, because Coach Miller was the uh, was the coach at first. He was yeah, the head Sean coach. Miller, and Mack was the assistant, correct? And Mack was the assistant. So Mack came over to Cincinnati. I don't know where we at Cincinnati State. Yeah, he ended up coming to Cincinnati State and talking to me. He mm. said, I'll never forget it. He said, I had to give it a shot. I know you probably won't come to Xavier, but I had to give it. He said, I know you probably won't come to Xavier because the whole coaching staff from UC, these guys ain't going to let you come. <laughs> right, right. He said, it's good. these guys ain't going to let you come to uh, come to Xavier. But I had to give it a shot. I said, oh, man. But he, he kept it real. And, yeah, mm-hmm. so I had David. Then I had Miami of Ohio. Okay. Uh, they were on me. They were on me tough. Uh, I can't say I forgot his name, the coach I was there. The Nick, um, Nick guy. Yeah, I just drew, I just drew a blank. Uh, me too. Charlie Cole. Charlie Cole. Charlie Cole, man. Yeah, Man, cooler the other side of the pillow, man. I love man. Charlie. Great person, man. man. Great cool legendary dude. coach. Legendary cool dude, guy. Man. No, no question. So no question. They were they were recruiting me. I went down there for an unofficial <clears throat> visit and uh and, and but you know, after my second year I was a I was all American. I was Juke All American, so I had a lot of, you know, people, a lot of coaches, you know, coming at me. 
to the point to where we were playing in the nationals and coach Tate and coach Martin took my phone. Cause my phone was people going, like, like, Oh yeah. And they were like, they, they needed me to focus and yeah, yeah they took my yeah. cell phone, but fast forward. Okay. So now we get into the UC part. So I ended up going to Murray state uh, for a visit. Mm-hmm. I think it was unofficial. And, and- and Mick's the head coach. And Mick was the head coach. Yeah, ah. me and Coach Martin. Yeah, me and me and Coach Martin went down, drove down there, and uh, went to Murray State. And I said, Mur- "Man, and Murray State had a nice facility." I'm like, "Man, for them to be, you know, a, uh, a mid major at the time, but they were mid major. Yeah, the mid major. I'm like, man, they facilities was, was crazy. I think it was. Uh, we went during homecoming." We had a, mm-hmm. I mean, a great time, and uh, like I said, the facilities was nice, and uh, and uh, and I had a, I had a, I had a good experience. So at that time, coach was there. Um, fast forward, um, after that, I ended up talking to coach. I think that's when this is when the transition was starting to happen. When Coach Cronin was on his way out. I think he he just had a he had a he, he was you know being interviewed and everything. He calls me. He's like, hey, um, you know, uh, uh, presents himself, and he's like, man, I know that uh, you know Murray State might not, you know, I know that's probably you know how you, you know how you playing. You probably looking at you know a, a high major school, you know, ID one, whatever, whatever. But, I might have some stuff in the works. I want you to consider, you know, me as a coach to be, you know, to be in the runnings for whatever this next job I'm thinking about. I'm like, oh, okay. So <laughs> we end up talking just off the record, like, hey, you know, uh, you know, this, this have you he asked me, have you made a decision and this, this and that? I'm like, no. He's like, oh, okay, all right. So uh, fast forward, I'm in the room. And it come across the screen like Coach Cronin gets the UC job. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I, man, it's, I remember that. Yeah, I remember when I came across the, the, the yeah, ESPN. Came across the ESPN, yep. Because yep. so it was some games on, and it, it came across. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh snap! So yep. I ended up, uh, I ended, up, I didn't have my phone. So I'm like, man, what's going on? I'm like, oh, man, that's it right there. I, I forgot who was my roommate. But I'm like, man, that's it right there. That's that's it. That's all I needed. And mm-hmm. the rest is history. I end up talking to him, and I'm like, man, I'm with it. That's where I end up going. Because I, I never really went to – I never really did a visit at UC. We you know, I knew the facility because we used to go play in open gyms and, and stuff like that. So he was like, man, let's just do like an unofficial. I did an unofficial visit, just walk through or nothing. I just, they showed me everything. I'm like, yeah, this is it. This is a no-brainer. This is yeah. what, you know, who who gets to live out their childhood dreams, you know, when you write your, 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 your future in a book and one of them is, you know, play at UC, here you go. Like, you, you know, ain't no better ain't no better situation than that. And I already knew what they were, you know, situation they was in. And I'm just like, you know, it, it, it is what it is. I'm just going to write it out. So that well, that's that. I, you gave me so, so much stuff that I'd never heard before. I, I, I didn't <laughs> yeah, know that exactly. Process. Yeah. But, 
it comes back to, and I, I tell Bearcat fans that a lot of recruiting has to do with relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, either the assistant coach has a past relationship or the head coach was right. somewhere else and recruited a kid, and you never know. You know, like uh, Kyle Washington, who, who played for for Mick and those guys, he had a past relationship prior to him coming to UC when he was at NC State with Coach Larry mm-hmm. Davis. And that, that stuff all just kind of kind of just – it's so weird how sports works, but you, you kind of sometimes if you do the right things, you're around the right, right. people – you end up in the spot you want to be in. And right. and that was the case for you. But here's the question, though. So you're coming in to the University of Cincinnati during a very difficult time. I mean, yeah. you look at Bob Huggins, who is not only – not only is Bob Huggins, you know, such a, a big figure at the University of Cincinnati, but just in the city of Cincinnati, the sports landscape – Huggins yeah. is looked at as one of the greatest figures ever. He gets fired. People are upset. Andy Kennedy takes over as interim coach. He then goes, yeah. he decides to go take the old Miss job and then make it the job. So you've got a, you've got a fan base that is pissed at the UC administration. They don't want anything to do with UC. Mm-hmm. You've got Mick who, you know, is coming back, taking over from a legend. And it's just a, a weird space. Did you fully right. understand all that stuff at that time, or are you just trying to hoop? Uh, yes, yes and no, because, I mean, I just felt just like I felt that I belonged there, one, because Huggins recruited me, too. Mm-hmm. It was, I wasn't on a high rate. I don't think I was on a high radar of Huggins, but he did okay. come to the game. I think he did it just off the of strength of tape, but, yeah. you know, he, he, he came to the game. And I take that back. I, they, I was gonna go out to. Uh, they, they did, they did, they did ask me to consider Kansas State. So I, I, I take that back. So they, okay. they did, uh, you know, they did, they did ask me to consider Kansas State. But I was just like, that's that's too far away from my family. Like that's yeah. not really, yep. You know what I want to do, and uh, so that was out the door. And then, uh, and Andy, uh, he recruited me too. He re- he recruited me over. I think he was the main one I spoke uh spoke I spoke with. And so it was just like a trickling effect, but you know, once Mick got the job, I'm like, well, he's a Cincinnati kid. He's from Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. So I figured like, okay, he will have, you know, more I, I think they will be more accepting to him just because right. of his dad, you know, his dad was well known for the, in, in, in the coaching world and he's from, yeah. you know, he's from the city. So I'm like, yeah, I think it was a really good situation for me and for him, you know, coming in. So it didn't make it too uncomfortable. Yeah, definitely. Mick's got some deep ties to Cincinnati. Yeah, exactly. So, um, now you're, you're coming in with uh, Deontay Vaughn, uh, let's see, Marcus Sykes, mm-hmm. Marvin Gentry, a bunch of guys. Did you know some of those guys going into that? Or, like, did you know Tay? I think Tay was even in Cincinnati I, at the prep school. Yeah, I knew Tay. He was Harmony Prep. Uh, Harmony Prep, that's it. They, they yeah. shut down. But, yep, yep. Yeah, they shut down. He was at Harmony Prep. And, he had, man, Tay is just a wild dude. Tay is just an <laughs> open-minded, just, a, just there. He, like, even though we the same age, he's like a little brother that you hate and love at the same time because he just he, he's <laughs> aggravating. He gets on your nerves, but you know, like, 
say he's loyal and he's funny and he don't mean much. He don't mean nothing by it. He do it just to do it. And so Tay was just a cool. And like I, did, I never met Tay. I think we played against Harmony before, like just in like a scrimmage game. But he ends up calling me, just talking trash off the rip. I didn't know the dude. He's like, man, let's go, let's go work out at a how uh, at UC. You uh, you signing there, this and that. Let's go uh, work out or uh, play in like an open gym or something. So he had put that like you know invited me. We had did something like that before any for anything. Hmm. And and so you know that really so I, I end up I knew Tay, but every everybody else no I didn't I didn't know I didn't know. You just kind of made him Tay. Let me let me tell you a quick Deontay Vaughn story. He he's the funniest dude ever. So I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a big Jordan sneaker guy, and uh-huh. Tay loves his sneakers. And yeah, every every time I would come by, you know, one of your guys' practice or whatever, he would always be like, "Hey man." When you gonna hook me up with some J's, man? I need some J's. <laughs> and I'm like, Deontay, I can't do that. First of all, it's a violation. Blah blah blah. He's like, man, ain't nobody gotta know, man. So he was always. <laughs> so one day, I forget who you guys are playing, but I'm sitting courtside, and you guys weren't playing like a a big time, you know, a Big East opponent. It might have been someone, um, you know, early on, like a South Carolina mm-hmm. upstate or somebody, and yeah. taste. Tay's playing pretty well, and you guys are coming out of a timeout, and I'm sitting courtside, and he's getting ready to take the ball out, um, out of bounds, like near where I'm sitting, and he looks at me, and he goes, I like those, pointing at my shoes. He's like, where, where are my J's? In the middle of the game. <laughs> and, like, he's out, man. It, it, you, it, you know that's him. Like, you know yeah, I'm about that's to say, yeah, that's definitely him. Yeah, that's definitely him. He didn't care Definitely. about the game that was going. And the people that were sitting courtside <laughs> with me were like, what was that about? Like, they didn't understand. I'm like, just, I was like, it's it's, it's good. I was like, don't worry that's about it. That's how that dude is, man. That's, how, that's him. That's him, let's, man. Like, bro. Let's dive into your, your first year. It's 2006-2007 season. You guys go 11-19, and 2-14 and 14 mm-hmm. in the Big East. Um, not, not a great record, but I, I do want to talk about um, this season, kind of a little bit in detail. Now, now mm. with you know, Mick gets the job. There are only two players, or actually three, two scholarship, one walk-on player coming over from Andy. That was yeah. Cedric McGowan, Ronald Allen, and Brandon Miller, the walk-on. Everybody yep. else was was newly recruited. So I don't think the from a fan base standpoint, there weren't a lot of high expectations for this team just because they didn't know anybody. wasn't a lot of recruiting. It's new. So. Right. Um, and you guys played uh, some early games where, you know, you're kind of building up some confidence, um, get some wins. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you guys beat, uh, I believe you beat Temple, and then you beat Xavier. Mm-hmm. You, guys beat, you guys beat Xavier 67-57 or whatever. And to me, that was so big because, like, it, you know, People don't like when we lose to Xavier. That's just oh, like man, it, it, it can't happen. Oh right? man, listen, Talk I was getting inbox email. I don't know how people got my cell phone number. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about people was hit like I. Hey, like I don't care what happens this season as long as y'all beat Xavier, we riding. With <laughs> it was like yep. it was crazy. It was it was it was absolutely crazy. It was just like. I don't care what happens this season. As long as y'all beat Xavier, 
we're good. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was I was like, Oh, this rivalry this this rivalry is for real. And you didn't know did you understand how big it was coming in? I didn't. I, I didn't. Like I said, I'm like, Who are these people where do these people come from? <laughs> and I'm, and they're like and they don't they, they don't care. They're like, Man, we don't care. Oh, you be Xavier. We're good. You're, you're good here. And our book, I'm like, man, this is insane. You know, I wasn't used to nothing like that. I, we didn't really have no rivals at Cincinnati State other than you know, Columbus State. And I took right. that personal just because I was from here and knew a lot of the guys on the team, but not like this. And, and that game, yeah. to me, was very important um, for you guys. Like you said, the fans take that game so seriously, and your guys' record wasn't that great. So there's mm-hmm. there's got to be some sort of gold nugget within the season, and, and that was one of them. Um, sure. and, 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 and Mick being Mick's first year, and he, he beat Xavier his first year, That's that's got to make him – Feel good and give the fan base a little bit of excitement. But you guys right. turn you guys turn around right from that Xavier game and play Ohio State, who's number four in the country. The next yeah, game. yeah, that was that was that 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 was crazy. Was that in that Indianapolis? Yeah, that was in was Indianapolis. Uh huh. Okay. What do you remember yeah. about that game? I just remember I I was just so pumped up just because it was just like man, I'm playing against you know my hometown, you know Ohio State. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like I was like real big into a house like oh I just always wanted to go to a house state. It was just the fact that I knew everybody I had a lot of support from my family and friends from you know, from the city. Uh-huh. And so I knew everyone's gonna be was gonna be watching. I think it was like a C B it might have been like a CBS game. It was it was a huge game. It was a tournament. I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I think it was a big yeah. a big I think national big, game. Yeah, national game and uh I just remember just being pumped up. Like I, I'm like, man, if we beat if we beat them, you know, we're on the map. They, you know, they that's they had Greg and all, all them, Ron Lewis and all. Man, it was just like the mm-hmm. team was loaded. And yep. I, I just remember me, I was just so pumped up and excited and nervous at the same time. And and we went and just, and just played. And I think I played pretty pretty good. I, I was just. Like I did, like I did, hundred percent again. Just went out and played hard. I know I just had that extra chip on my shoulder, just because. Yeah. But yeah, how, how did you play? How did you play that game? I don't have the stats. I don't really remember the uh, detail. I played pretty. I played pretty well. I think I had. A, <laughs> I remember because I seen an article on it. I think I did have more more rebounds than I had points. <laughs> I think I had. A, it was it was something crazy. It was, I had a double double. I ended up mm-hmm. winning. I ended up winning MVP. I think other game. I, I won. I won a, the school a, a student from the school a scholarship. Really? I won. Yeah, I won someone uh, a scholarship from the school from for that. I think I had MVP. I think it was something something that I won for that game. I don't remember, but because I had a double, I think I had like fifteen. I think I had fifteen rebounds, fourteen points, or something like that. Uh-huh. But yeah, I ended up winning. It. That. But yeah. and, and, and quickly about your rebounding, um, you obviously had a had a knack for that. Um, where does that come from? Uh, Coach Martin, mm-hmm. <laughs> Eric Martin. There, there Every you go. Time the ball went up. He would tell me to get, and I guess it's a math it's a mathematical thing uh, that I, when I someone shoots the ball, 
get opposite. Mm-hmm. Uh, rebound opposite. <laughs> that that and is re- get opposite. Get opposite. Get opposite. And that's Man. they preach even coming in. Like yep. get opposite, Coach Cronin, all the time. Get opposite, Coach Tate. Get opposite. Yep. And that's what I did every time. Most and it didn't. Shooters. I mean, it, it didn't hurt that I was athletic too. I jumped. <laughs> and, and your and your aggressiveness, your toughness. Yeah, I was um, aggressive. I, yeah, I was aggressive. I, I was yeah, super aggressive. And you, you yeah, all that in. Yeah, and it, and it, they, they say that most you got to think when you get to a certain level of basketball, most people are capable shooters, and capable shooters most of the time do not shoot the ball short. So right. if they don't shoot mm-hmm. it short, it's probably going off the side of opposite. So yep. that's where that yep, that's where that all yep. comes from. And I, but I used to hear yeah. Hugs say that every day. Um Yep. Get opposite. <laughs> <laughs> um but you know you know what's so what's so interesting too about this your 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 first year? Um you know, you guys gotta, you know, sneak out a couple wins, North Carolina State, Miami of Ohio, and then you go on a five game losing streak. And mm-hmm. I kind of remember that period. It was like, guys going a five-game losing streak. The fan base is kind of like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with this team. Um, but then you guys play at home West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this was the home game versus West Virginia that you win in overtime, 96 to 83. What I want mm-hmm. you to talk about, if you can remember this, um, because – that is such a big game for Mick because Hugs is the coach there. Um, right. What, what was what was that like? The preparation leading to that game, and it was so emotional for Mick. Do you do you remember the preparation uh, and what Mick was like? I know it was a while ago. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And no. I know we were like super prepared. Like I know we <laughs> had the game. We were like super. It was. It was like. It was like sim. I mean. Like any other game plan, but it was, it just seemed like he definitely had because he a lot of the stuff I don't think uh, hugs changed up you know a lot so yeah. Mick yeah. pretty much knew like he he, he I, man it seemed like Mick studied him down to the T because mm-hmm. everything I mean even when we played in West Virginia I think we we blew him uh, did we blow him out West Virginia that like, was your that was your yeah the second. The second year, yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah you guess. It was just like, him. man, this dude knew everything, like the whole game plan. So it was just like, man, and it was like the same, but they like with they, like man, our practices and stuff was like so intense, man. It was it was an extra oomph on <laughs> on those games for sure, mm. for sure for the for the mm. preparation and then just how intense practice and stuff was. Yeah. You you think like so so prior to the West Virginia game you guys lose five in a row. Do you think mm-hmm. that um you know emotionally you guys got so high after that win because you go on to lose ten in a row after that. So mm-hmm. it was you you guys lose essentially fifteen games. You win the West Virginia in the middle, but you lose, you know, fifteen games. You think that emotionally right. maybe that West Virginia game you guys got, you know, pretty high. Oh I don't I Really, it's just like all a blur because them them years was so tough because I think Nick had a lot of pressure. For, really, yeah, man, that's that sure. probably I get like it. the toughest years of the ba- of my basketball life. Like because I just because like I said, Nick had so much pressure, and a lot of people don't know this about me either. 
I didn't have an off season coming in my second year. I came in. I literally came back from my knee surgery mm. a week before the season started. Literally mm. one week before the season started. I didn't have an off season the whole spring summer. I got my surgery in March. Is it March or April? Beginning like right after the season, like maybe a couple days after the season, I got knee surgery. And hold, yeah, hold hold that for a second because I do want to talk about that. I, I I do I have that mm-hmm. in my notes to talk about that off season. But you just said something a minute ago. If you look at you look at a lot of kids, you know they want to go to a school and play great competition, right? You're at mm-hmm. you're at a dream school in Cincinnati. You are right. playing in arguably the best league in the country. Yes, you are playing. Yeah. Pittsburgh, who's number nine in the country, Georgetown, St. John's, but you're you're losing. How does that, I mean, how does that work? Like, you're playing great competition, but you guys are getting beat every game. Does that wear on you? Yes, it it definitely wears, because you're like, man, you know, we in this league with these guys. Like, we, you know, we we compete. Like, you know, this is what it's about. But it's just like, man, like, what is – and in the back of our – like, and we know, like, we know we're undersized. We know we're, like, got the short end. You know, we just, like – but we work so hard. So it's like we're not quitting. We're not giving – I don't think it was no no matter what game, what team that we get – that we, like, literally gave in. Even the game we got blew out by Connecticut, by UConn, we were still like just hungry and play. At least I know for sure I was, and I'm pretty sure my team, you know, everyone was. Mm-hmm. You know, but we were just undermanned. Like we were just yep. undermanned. Like, yep. It's like, man, I'm playing like, and I, and that was from from the beginning because I was supposed to come in originally and be a small forward. <laughs> but we, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, that, that was. That was, you know, because, like, I was originally supposed to come in and be a small – I'm not mad at it, but, you know, that that's how – down, yeah. like, that's how undermanned we were, you know, and coming yeah. in and in, like you said, big the Big East was so deep and so talented, man. We were oh. just looking like, jeez, what the hell? Every night. Every night. Every wow. night. Oh, every night, every yeah, exactly, every night, man. Now, now, John, so. you guys lose the last game of the season to West Virginia. Season's over, and now you know you got to prepare for you know your second and your last your senior season. Um, mm-hmm. Why don't you talk a little bit about that knee surgery and and that process for your off season? Yeah. Oh man, uh, I I personally couldn't wait for the season to be over because after every game. My knee was on fire. I could barely walk. Yep, yep. It was torture. It was. Uh, I remember. Uh, oh, who was the doctor at the time? Calcino. Uh, Calcino. Yep. The surgeon. He had came in and was like, "Man, like, I don't know how you do it. Like, how you're doing it." I'm like, mm-hmm. "Me either." Because like, but <laughs> but you know, like you know, adrenaline and then this toughness and then this being there for everybody. It's just like, man, I have to. But he used to touch my knee. He's like, there's nothing I can do. Like his knee is on fire, and like, mm-hmm. I remember just just looking at uh, 
uh, Fluke. I remember yep. looking at Fluke, but he's like, man, all we can, man, this is just treat it the best we can, man. Like, we need you out there, man. Like, I remember Fluke, like, man, like, super emotional because he know like how much pain I'm going through. Like, I could, you could barely touch it. So after that, and I got, for, I got my. And for mm-hmm. Bearcat fans out there, um, you're talking about David Fluker, who was the trainer for UC, who was at Xavier prior mm-hmm. to UC, and then he went back to Xavier yeah, went um, back as to their Xavier. trainer. And, and Fluke is one of the best human beings. Oh, man, great guy. Oh, great, great guy. Man, I love that yeah. guy. Man. He's a yeah. great guy. Fluke's yeah, the best, man. man. So, yeah, so, so, um, so you're, you're in a tremendous amount of pain. And I'm sure there are a lot of Bearcat fans that, you know, they, they watch you play and your toughness and your adrenaline takes over in games. They don't realize how much pain you're in. And you man, play you know, a lot of pain. They have no clue. Mm-hmm. That's no back clue, to what man. we talked about. People don't know. They don't. Yeah, <laughs> people don't know. Man, don't know what all goes into it. I, I know, like, like after games, I could barely walk, man. Like ice, ice and once that adrenaline wear off, whoo, it was, it was, it was bad. But like I said, we ended up getting the surgery right after, and you know, then they I do? didn't know. Uh, what did they end up doing? I ended up doing. I had to get like a patella. I did. They did a patella tendon. Mm-hmm. Um. He went back and uh, scraped the back of my knee uh, okay. for, like, the cartilage just uh, clean, cleaned out my knee and uh, was a meniscus. And I'm shaving some of the menis- meniscus. So it was, it, was, it was major. Like, I was on bed rest, I think, for 10 days. I couldn't move. I was in, like, an air, an air cast to where mm-hmm. we had. I had to take on coming home uh, with my parents and had the air cast on and um, – I had the uh, the one that that, that chills I had to ice it like every yeah thirty yep. minutes or like that and keep it elevated. So yeah, man. Mm-hmm. So it, it was it was a intense thing. It was a it was definitely an intense surgery. I couldn't put no pressure on it. I had to be squirted around campus, and my girlfriend at the time was driving me to classes, and I was on I was on uh, crutches, and uh, it was it was intense. And then he ended up having this lady. Uh, I mean, dang, what was her name? She ended up doing my rehab. Man, this lady was crazy, but she was so good. <laughs> <laughs> she was good. You need that rehab. Oh, you need man, that in rehab. Was it Sue? Oh, I can't mm. think of her name, man. <laughs> but she was nuts. But she was so good, man. She pushed me so hard because she's like, we're going to get you back, you know, because mm-hmm. it was supposed to be like a six, six to eight month, you know, rehab. And, uh, yeah, and she and she got me back, man. She she got me back. I mean, how was that for you knowing that you aren't going to be able to have a off season like you talked about earlier in the podcast that you know you you really get a lot of things done in the off season like you become a yeah, better player. Man. And honestly, you 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 don't have the opportunity to put in those you know blood, sweat, and tears on the court that you normally right. would during the off season. Right? How was that? Right. It was man. It was. I just, I, I really just wanted to play. I didn't take it as uh, a negative. I was just like, man, I just need to get back. I'm doing this rehab to, you know, to be able to get back. So I didn't really take it into account uh, that, you know, how big the off and how important, you know, off season is. So it was just like, man, my main thing was just trying to get in shape as fast as I can and yeah. do whatever it takes to to help the team. And uh, man, I remember. 
fast forward, man, shout out to, to Mick. I remember him apologizing to me, like, man, I probably should have redshirted you. Hmm. You're a, your your sophomore year and I'm like, you know, I'm not looking at it as a you know, as like I said, a negative or a regret or anything. You know, and he set me down. After I came, he was like, Man, I'm glad you're doing well for yourself, man. I only I, my only regret was that I, I should have red shirted you. He said it was mm-hmm. it was coaches in my ear telling me to red shirt you. He said mm. and I, I did I didn't do it, man. I mean, I felt you was ready, you know, we had talked and you know you seem ready, but I, I really should have. I really should have read, sir. I just wanted to apologize to you. I wanted to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, ain't no need for you to apologize to me. Like, you know, I'm good. You know, and you know, we had the season we had, but yeah. I didn't look at it at the time like that. But yeah, he said he had got coach coach from other league was calling, telling like red shirt. <laughs> he, he said he couldn't do it. He was like, I, I, I didn't do it. Man. Yeah, like, part of, that's all good. Part, part of your is. part of your part of your journey, man. And yeah, and, yeah and, exactly. And I, I do want to jump into that. So we we, you, we get into your senior season, two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Um, records a little better, thirteen and uh, mm-hmm. nineteen overall. Um, a lot mm-hmm. better in uh, in our conference play, eight and ten in the Big East. Um, you're back, Deontay's back, which you know basically are the, the two pillars of the team, and then. Right. You had some new guys, uh, Rashad, Larry Davis, yeah. Big E, yeah. Darnell Wilkes. You're starting to add and getting some more, some more guys coming in. So with all that mm-hmm. going on, you're you're back from your surgery. As you guys are getting ready to to play your first game of the season, um, how do you feel about things and how do you feel about the season going into it? I mean, I, I feel good because I know the guys put in the work. Like I said. Those years, like, one of the hard, and it had to be for everybody. Like, me going back and even talking to, like, some of the coaches, they like, yeah, Mick then chilled out a little bit. Like, I remember Dave, <laughs> our, for real, I remember Dave, our weightlifting coach, he used to be like, man, I used to push you guys so hard. He said, I'll probably push you guys harder than the football guys. He said, mm-hmm. just because I knew I had to get you guys prepared because you guys are so undermanned. So we out there looking like linebackers. Yeah. So I remember me, like, I'm yep. like, sheesh. But, yep. you know, they were doing what they felt was best for us. And like I said, I knew that these guys worked hard during all season. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm like, and I'm excited about it because I know we're going to do better than what we did just because I know. You know they had we everybody had a chance to see what we were up against. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but but you know you guys start the season you lose to Belmont at home, mm-hmm. <clears throat> right? And obviously, and I remember that game and I and I tell you why. Obviously the your your first season, um, the record wasn't that great, and then I think the expectations uh, coming back for you guys, especially with you and Tay and adding some guys, I think Bearcat fans were more excited about this season and, and, and put you guys with some higher expectations. And then you right. come out and lose to Belmont, um, right. which wasn't, which wasn't a good look for the fans. And now the fans are all kind of like, Oh my God. Um, yeah. you know, and that, that's gotta be tough. You got to scrape together some wins, but then go, you know, to like a, um, you know, five game losing streak with Xavier in between mm-hmm. that, where you lose the Centos. Um, what kind of what was that period like for you? Man, it was it was tough. I mean, I remember 
because you know it, it was just like man the fans like we started seeing yeah, it was starting to have like a little de- a, de- a decrease you know and, uh, and the yep. excitement wore off and we were like man i mean i think and we had some stuff going on like and to where we were man it, man like i said it was it was some head, like mick wanted to win he felt the pressure just mm-hmm. like we did and i think we I think a lot of us was just like overwhelmed, and you know, because we were doing all we we felt we could, and you know, with some distractions and you know other things going on, it was just like, man, like where do we go from here? Because we feeling the pressure too. We like, man, you know, we taking these losses and we we putting in all this work and we going to get these practices and and getting beat up on and everything else. We like, <laughs> man, what can we Dude, like, what, what, you know, what else do we do? So, it was, yeah. it was tough, man. It was definitely a tough period for us. And, and and the thing too, like you're saying, like you guys, it's so funny that you guys will 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 lose a game you shouldn't lose, and then you turn around and you, you know you beat yeah. Villanova, who's number 19 in the country. You you beat a yep. Syracuse, mm-hmm. and it was just it was just kind of like that back and forth. It's up and down, yeah. No consistency. Um, yeah. And, and, and that's tough. But but one game I want to talk about in particular, um, which you mentioned before, and that was the game at West Virginia uh, when you guys just completely blew out West Virginia, sixty-two to thirty-nine. Which mm-hmm. I mean, I'll, I'll never I'll never forget that game. Um, <laughs> partly because do you remember playing that game and seeing Coach Huggins' yellow suit. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the highlight. We were like, yo, he came out in a yellow a canary suit. <laughs> hey, man, I, yeah, that was a that was an interesting oh. I remember Man. talking to Deontay. I interviewed Deontay Vaughn, and we, we <laughs> talked about that a little bit on the interview, and he's like, man, he looked like a straight-up pimp. He was like, I like him. Oh, <laughs> I was man, like, you what? would. <laughs> oh, man, he came out in a canary suit. Man, <laughs> that was wild. What, what was that game like um, for you as a player? Once again, um, you know, mix your coach. He's your leader going against his kind of mentor coming up. And you guys just blow them out. I know you talked about preparation, but what was that feeling like, you know, as a player? Man, that game was was crazy from the start. I don't know if mm-hmm. you remember. It was a blizzard before before that game. I don't. Yeah, it was a blizzard. I think we what were we supposed to fly, I think? It was we ended up driving, but I remember it was a blitz we had to uh we had to delay our trip out there. And so it was it was that that trip was crazy, yeah. But uh, anyway, speaking on the game, I mean, I don't know. It was just it was it was definitely a special moment, especially for Mick and, and you know the, going against Hub. But I mean, I don't. Yeah, like I said, this is our preparation, and I really don't remember too many details. I remember my parents and stuff. Their fans was crazy. Uh, <laughs> was going crazy. I remember because my parents were sitting out there. So I was worried about them. But basically, they, they they had a good time and they respected them and stuff. I think I I played pretty well, and they kept saying they they, they said the fans kept saying something about me, 
And I think my parents had my jersey on or something like that. But she was like, "Yeah, they they, they were just like they, they were showing they were showing you love. They were just saying guard who's guarding that kid and this and that." So I was like, "Oh, okay." But yeah, that fans it was it was crazy in there. Oh, oh, I know, I know. And West V is just like they like they are like over like on top of you at, in that in that facility. It's, it's man, crazy. That that place. I've been to several games there, man. There's just no arena like that. I mean, it truly man, is a coliseum. No. Yeah, like it seemed like it's just like they're just on top of you. It is crazy. And and another thing too, I I I'm, I totally forgot, but I think prior to that West Virginia game, you guys played at Louisville at Freedom Hall against Patino, one by one point. I forgot about that game. Oh and yeah, that was, yeah, that was a good one. Uh-huh. Yeah, t- talk about that one a little bit. That Mick beat yeah. Patino, another mentor. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one because I was about to say, yeah, that's another one of one of Mick's uh, mentors. So of course we was we was well prepped for that, and I mean they did a real good job on on, on preparation. It was just this us going out and if everything clicked, we were we were good. If something went wrong, it, it, it kind of it fell apart, and that was just you know from us, you know, like being under man, we had to do yep. everything on point right every time. If not, mm-hmm. we get taken advantage of because we didn't have something to come back with. We didn't have, you know what I'm saying, like we had to do it right first time and get it right. That's what I think was so hard. That's what made it so hard because we worked so we work so hard and we had to do everything right. If not, we would get taken advantage of every yeah. single time. And Coach used to tell us, if this doesn't happen like this, it's not gonna work. Yep. Yep. Just because yep. it's simple. If you don't box this dude out, they can jump yeah. higher than you. They taller than you. They, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Your guys' margin yeah. for error, man. Yep. We had, yeah, exactly. So that's that's what made stuff so tough. So when stuff went right, when when things went right, we were good. We were cause we were prepared for it. It just the fact when we didn't do something like we we were supposed to do, we got taken advantage of. And I remember. And I've mentioned some of these games. You know, you guys would win some games, whether it was, uh, you know, Pittsburgh when they were number 15 in the country. You'd, mm-hmm. you'd win some games that would, would get fans, you know, excited and know that there was mm-hmm. some hope there. And I'll be honest, with, without you if, if without you and Tay, if you guys don't arrive here, uh, I, I don't know if Mick would have been able to keep his job. Like, you right. guys, sure. you guys really – held it down. Um, mm-hmm. But but there were just glimpses of hope that I, I used to tell Bearcat fans because a lot of people would tell me, man, they got to fire. They got to fire Mick. He's got to go. He can't get it right. done. I'm like, man, you know, there's this body of work there that, you know, I, I see is good. I was like, we got to give him a chance. And, you know, if you look at the end of your senior year, a lot of fans were like, they were kind of losing hope because <clears throat> you guys lose, I guess, five of your last regular season games, you lose the conference tournament to Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. you, you make the CBI, who I'd never heard of the CBI prior right. to that year, and lose We didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when we heard about that, we looking around like, what's that? We're like, well, okay, so we got practice now. Like, it was weird. It was weird. We here, we didn't know nothing about that either, man. It was crazy. That that was funny. That was funny. <laughs> so we were like, what? 
you lose but, your last seven games. Um, mm-hmm. And then for, for you, I know you're, you're very competitive. You, you came to the University of Cincinnati's dream school to, to compete. Um, how, how did you right. feel after, you know, you, you leave that locker room um, after the Bradley loss? Um, just, just how were you feeling at that point? Man, it was, it was, it was tough. It was emo. It was, you know, it was emotional. Uh, but I mean, I just took it all as a, as a blessing, man. I don't think anything short of it. I mean, of course, it, it, a part of the game wins the losses. Uh, but at the end of the day, like, like I said, I, like I said before, being able to live out your, your childhood dream to do something like, you know, that, that big. And coming out, it was just like, man, you got to take it with it because you got to look at the look at the look at the cards Nick was dealt, you know, mm-hmm. with everything going and coming in. I mean, because you can see how he convert, how he changed the program around to where it is mm-hmm. now. But like, did you did you, did you did you did you know that was going to happen? Like when you were playing for him, did you go, man? Yeah. I, I think oh, he's going to get it for sure, for sure. It was no question. How oh, Mick is. And there mm-hmm. was no question, man. Like that dude, just man, because just because he's so great of a dude, that's what people used to be like. Man, I, I'm like, it's night and day on the court. You don't want to <laughs> be in practice and deal with you. Nah, when it comes about basketball, dude is an animal. Mm-hmm. But off the court, man, the dude is the nice one of the one of the nicest, coolest, like man, dudes you you be around. Mm-hmm. Cause he's so versatile, like he's just versatile. He's been, like you, you just comfortable around him. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, mm-hmm. man, like so I knew it just because like how he is on the court and like he don't. He, it ain't like he did it. Like it was just the cards he was dealt. He put everything. He put all that stuff for him to come in. It's still kudos to him. Cause like you mm-hmm. said, Woody, he came in with three players on a on a. On a high major D one school, and one of them was is a walk on at Brandon Miller and and Ron Allen, who was a a transfer from you know the Katrina, and said, yep. "Yep, that's it, that's it." And so he has to go and get a whole roster of guys, you know, coming. In. So and I mean, playing and the then big the second East. and play in the Big East and play <laughs> in the Big East, man. Because don't get me wrong, we were good. Like, the guys we had was good. Like, Jamal Warren, Marvin Gentry. Like, we had yeah. some guys that were – like, we were good. If we'd have played in any other league besides the Big East, we'd have been cool. We would have been good. We'd have been cool. We'd have been good. A lot of yeah. guys that played in the Big East went to the league. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we coming in playing against Derek. Like, hey, come mm-hmm. on. Like, so – that's just, I mean, I man, I, I don't have any regrets or have anything toward it. Not. And and my hat, that's all because even though the fans, like, they were losing hope and stuff, they still came and supported us. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like when we had those losses, there used to be some that didn't. You know that 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 you know, like I said, the crowd started either start getting empty, but we still had the support like of of the school, and we I, I think we still had the support and. A lot of a lot of like fans. I remember going to a game last year and seeing a fan, and he recognized me, and he just gave me so much praise. Like, man, you you got you built this, man. You guys built this. You guys came and did it. Really, man. I was just like, dang, man. I appreciate it. Like, 
You know, so you got those fans that really appreciate, and I think a lot of them appreciate it because they they seen where we came from and mm-hmm. what we had to go through indoor. And like I said, yeah, it got better and better. So, how do you? And you just talked about a fan, which I think is a great segue. How do you judge your Bearcat career? Of my of my personal career, um, yes. Like when you or reflect just, back on your Bearcat career. Uh, I think, like I said, I, I think it like as I reflect back, like now, I mean, being in the moment, I was like, okay, I know I didn't do as much as I, I could have, especially going from how my professional career went mm-hmm. and, you know, reflecting back, you know, then I'm like, man, I could have did a lot more just because of how much I developed during then and, and things I didn't know then that I, I know now, I'm like, man. It was just been so much I I, I could have did, but it, like and it could have been so much I could have did. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, so it's like I made the best of it. Like I said, reflecting back, like yeah, it would have made sense that I redshirted. Mm-hmm. You know, just because. But you know, I'm gonna ride it out. You know, with with Mick and if he if he needed me then, and the fans and the school needed me then to do that to 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 come back. Like you said, me and Tay was like the pillar of the team. Then yep. that's what you just gotta sacrifice, man, and just live with no regrets. Because I, I mean, like I said, I, I, at the end of the day, I was blessed. Uh, Nick kept his job, and the program turned around. And, and the fact that Nick, you know, being from his hometown and I'm being from Ohio, it, I think it, it all worked itself out. So I, I mean, I think it was, I think it was pretty good. I, I like I said, I don't have any regrets. I think, I, of course, I could have did, did better, or you know, felt I could have did better, especially with the off season, but you know, that's yeah. the way that's the way that's the way it will. Yeah, no, no, I totally agree with you. And I, I think Mick should send you and Tay Christmas gifts every year for what you guys <laughs> did. Seriously, like I mean, he's making a lot of money right now and, and he yeah. can, I mean I'm not saying that you guys are the reason he's totally making that money, but you're a big part mm-hmm. of his success and his journey. So Right. Um, and there's no there's no question about that. Um, give yeah, me, man, Mick, man, send me a couple meal, Mick, man. I'm down here hurting. Nah, man, nah, man, that's that's my guy. There you go, man. So, okay, this is this is for the Bearcat fans. Can you give Bearcat fans from your Bearcat playing days? What's your best story? It could be a funny story. It could be an in-game <laughs> moment. What's your best? Oh story? man, I got so. So many. Give me, got, oh my god. Give me Mine, one. So what happened? So a lot of people ain't gonna know this because this was behind the scenes with me. <laughs> so I remember after the game, man, there's so many. So just my personal one with Mick, because you know, like I rare, like I used to do, like I wanted to be like the. The most disciplined, like, so I, I, I try not to make a lot of mistakes, like, so that's mm-hmm. how I started every game of my career at UC, because I didn't make, like, I tried to make, didn't make mistakes. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I thought Mick was about to kick me off the team, man. So one time we were in, I think we were playing, North, I think we played North Carolina, was it North Carolina A&T? No, it was in Florida. And we, it's me, Sykes, and Tay. We sitting in after, I think we had lost. And we sitting after the dinner, and so we sitting there laughing and joking and stuff after after dinner because everybody gone. It's just like I said, me, Sykes, and Tate. And I guess Coach Cronin and they were having a meeting, and you know they hear us in there laughing and stuff. 
and I couldn't help it. Like, I don't know what, I think it was late. You know how he's late, you getting that this laughing mood. Like, you just can't stop laughing, tears come. Mm-hmm. And Mick walks past, and he's like, are, you know how Mick, are you kidding me? Oh, that was his favorite. <laughs> Man, this dude came and chewed me out, like, and I couldn't help it, and I I, I laughed. I don't, why I why I did it, I don't know. I was just in that group, and I when he said that, I just laughed, and he was so mad. I'm he, surprised you survived man, that. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised I did not mean to laugh. I just laughed, and he was like, "You got oh," and he was like, "Just just look at him." And Tay and Sykes was looking at me like, "Damn," because like I said, I didn't really get chewed out like that because I used to try to be like so this and do everything right and I just play hard like you know that's mm-hmm. what he likes and they just looking like damn like oh yeah he he probably going home after this <laughs> <laughs> but no nah, it, it was all good man it was just like I apologized and Mick looked at me like he didn't know what the hell I was talking about that's what made it even crazier like the next day I apologized and he looking at me like what are you talking about? Like, oh, yeah, that's fire under the bridge. Anybody worry about that? Like, yeah, yeah, moving on. Like, yeah, like moving uh, on. Like, don't worry about nothing. Like, you know, because like I said, I'm thinking I'm like, like they probably looking like me. He probably going home after this. Like, <laughs> yeah. And he like that's wet water under the bridge. I ain't, you know, I know, I know who you. I know what type of person you are. I know who you are. Like, don't worry about nothing like that. So, but man, I got so many. It, I, I mean, oh. we could talk for hours on the, the stories we got. Man, I know Tay probably told oh. you, but man, oh, I know you. I know you got tons oh. of them. And you know what? Yeah, I, 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 tw- I tweeted out that I was interviewing you, and um, I. Got a bunch of people sending me some different questions, and I just I took two in particular. Um, one of which we kind of uh, dove into, but I, I want to mm-hmm. um, ask you these questions from Bearcat fans on Twitter. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, this is from at it's Tyler Bubbles twelve. Um, he asked, "How did Coach Cronin get the guys to still trust the process in that 2006-2007 season when they were losing?" So that's to you. How did he? How did Coach get you? Get you and the guys to continue to trust in the process? Uh, he gave us confidence mm-hmm. because you know how, like I said, like how hard we were working, and we looking around too, like you know what else can we do? Like what else, you know, like what else do we have left to do? Because at this time we recognize and like, man, we under man, like. But he just gave us confidence, like, man, you guys, mm-hmm. you know, the work you putting in, you deserve this, this, and that. So when we have those good moments, he was on his high horse, like, yeah, that's it, that's it. So he gave us confidence, man. And, and like I said, the fans had a lot to do with some of it, too, because when we did do something good, that's – you heard it. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You felt it. So – it was just like, man, that's what until it's like, okay, well, the next one, we're going to get the next one. We're going to, and we, and we just kept that, that kept that confidence with, right. and we kept it within, within each other, man. Cause I don't, I don't think, well, I know nobody on the team, like we didn't have any bad blood uh, towards each other. Right. I can't say it was like somebody like on the team really didn't like that next person the whole time. Like, nah. We yep. had our arguments, but everybody, like, we all respected each other 
and we all genuinely like liked and loved each other. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's big for the continuity of a team. That's that's definitely yeah, exactly. Especially going through stuff. Especially going like you said, like the question he asked. Especially going through stuff like that. Yep. You know yep. what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. That's, no, for sure. That's when people start walking away and quitting and everything else. You know. Yeah. Yep. Uh, let me give you my second Twitter question here. It's from Askinsey okay. underscore Justin. And we kind of touched on this before, and I, I kind of know what your answer is, but I, I, I want to just at least give you the chance to answer it. Um, did it mean more to get wins over Patino at Louisville and Huggins at West Virginia for Coach Cronin than the other Big East games? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. For his perspective, for us, it was just like we just trying, we trying to get a win, but we know how important – these games are for him in the city. Right. Because I'm sure they, they want to see that, especially, you know, with Louisville being there and Patino and, you know, and great Hall of Fame coaches. And for that, for us to do that, you know, for for the team one, for the city and for Coach Cronin, it, it definitely meant it meant a lot. And for yeah. us, like, you know, and those were powerhouse teams too. Like, they were yeah, for sure. They, they were They were good. So it, yep. meant, it, meant, it meant a lot. It meant a lot. Yep. I figured that would be the answer. Okay, now yeah. I've got uh, the, the next part of the podcast, one of my favorite parts. Um, it's quick questions, quick answers. Uh-huh. Okay. You ready okay. for this? Yep, let's All do right. it. Here we go. Quick questions, quick answers with John Williamson. Here we go. Number one, John, who is the greatest rapper of all time? Tupac. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. All right. I like that. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I can't. I can't argue back <laughs> with you on that one. Um, okay. Question number two. Are you? Are you? Uh, this is not the question, but are you a shoe guy at all? Yeah. yeah okay. I'm good. Okay. Question number two. Greatest shoe of all time. The patent leathers. Jordan Elevens. Well said. Yes. Question number three. Of all the levels you have played, high school, Cincinnati State, Bearcats, professionally, what was your – when did you play your best basketball? At what level, in your opinion? Professionally. For sure. Professionally. Gotcha. Okay. And we're going we're gonna to segue into that here in a second. Uh, the fourth and final question. If you had to go to battle, okay, you're walking mm-hmm. in and go to battle, and you could take one Bearcat teammate with you to that battle, and you're going, it's me and him versus all you all. What Bearcat teammate are you taking with you? Ooh, that's a that's a tough one. <laughs> you only take that's one. T- Man, that's a tough one because, like I said, we all battle. Like, golly, that's golly. a tough one. What, what type of battle, though? Like, <laughs> what? Like, like what, what's the thing? You're the first one to ask that question. Yeah, well, you gotta be asked that. Different I, don't know what of, kind of, I don't know what kind of battle it is. You've got any battle. You gotta take one dude that no matter where you're going, what battle you're in, this I'm riding with this dude. I'm taking my I'm taking just to give you an example, I'm taking Kenyon Martin with me, no matter where we go. You taking we I'm taking Kmart. We're gonna fight, we're gonna win, we're gonna hoop, we're gonna win. <laughs> like we're gonna win. Well, I was gonna say I was gonna say Mike Williams, but I never played with Mike, so I can't I can't I don't want to take Mike. 
Williams. Yeah, he was right after you, right? Yeah. Like he yeah. he he ended up getting hurt. Oh man. Dang, that's a good one. Oh man, they all dog. I mean, it 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 have to it have to be Tay. Yeah, I still thought once he, Tay. once he get going and he get his little beady eye, like you know when Tay when Tay when Tay turns up and <laughs> his eyes get real beady. <laughs> Tay got some beady eyes, and you know it's on. You know it's mm-hmm. on, man. But I, I mean, I would take any of the Sykes, uh, Jamal. Man, yeah, a lot of a lot of good, lot yeah, of good dudes. Yeah, it's a lot of good dudes that I will, I will roll with. Uh, quick, quickly tell us. Um, I know you played professionally, and you said that was some of the best basketball you've ever played. And usually, for a lot of guys, you know, once they kind of get to that level, if they have an opportunity to play professionally, um, mm-hmm. obviously they've learned a lot, they've matured a lot, their game has, um, you know, really gone to the next level. Their games matured. Um, yeah. Give the Bearcat fans just just quickly kind of an overview um, of your professional career. I I, I know what they get a kick out of. <laughs> I, I, mm. when, once you brought it up, <laughs> uh, one of my best, most loyal, I think, like the craziest teammate I played with was my teammate is Mark Lyon. <laughs> oh my God. He- <laughs> He was your teammate overseas? Yes, Mark Lyons was my teammate. Man. You know he played with, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think he played with Yancey too. We wow. played against you know, Yancey my first year, I, and I think he played with Yancey, if I'm not mistaken. I, I interviewed Lance, uh, Yancey, and I think he brought that up, um, which is so yeah. wild with that whole fight and all that. That's Crazy. So, that mm-hmm. is very – yeah, Cheeks is definitely a, a – a, a, yeah, that's that's funny. I, I love, love that, that dude, though, man. Oh yeah. man, I love Mark, man. I love me and Mark got into it his first. I think his first couple of days because I didn't know how Mark played. I got, I didn't, yeah, I didn't know how Mark played. Mm-hmm. And we had got into it, but he, that's that's his game. And they was like, yeah, he a score first, you know, guard. But I'm like, I played I, my whole, pretty much my whole career. I played with score first mm-hmm. point guard. Guard, okay. but yeah. they always got me the ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if anything, and Mark was like that. It don't. It didn't matter. Coach can call to play for him. He'd be like, "You want the ball? You good?" Like every single time, the most unselfish guy I played with, because mm-hmm. he like he gonna make sure you good. Like Mark used to be like, "You good? You want the ball? You want?" And he would really literally call to play for you, like and would get you the ball if the play was from him and you killing. He, nah, you getting the ball, no matter what. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, that's, Mark is that guy, man. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. That's, that's so I'm funny sorry, I, I didn't got a. I, no, no, no. Yeah, no. It's funny how how it all happened, how everything was. Yeah. I'm just like, man, this dude caught. You know, had the biggest brawl, and you see <laughs> that in, in in basketball history. And I'm sitting up, but dude ain't he nothing. I mean. He meant what he said by him, but it was in a it was in a totally different context. Just like playing with the dude, like if you talking about going to war, that's a dude you would want to go to war with, hands down, hands down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hands down. Interesting. 
So you you played so, what six seven years professionally? I played ten years. You played ten years. Wow. Yeah, I played ten years, man. Wow, I didn't know it was that long. Wow. Yeah, um, ten years and uh and twelve thirteen different countries, I think. Woo. Maybe <laughs> what what where basketball will take you, man. Right. Right. It, it is. I, I, it's like, oh, oh, we're going to France. Oh, okay, let me call my dude. Like, what? Let me call. <laughs> like, you got to hold up. What? Like, you can message yeah. people from different countries and just hang out, talk to them or whatever. Like, it's it's surreal. And to think, John, all that happened because you were chilling at the swimming pool one day. And they <laughs> right. And, and, they, and they came and grabbed you and said, we got to try out, please. And now exactly. you've been all around the world, and gosh, blessing. blessing. No, there's, there's no question. And I want to tell you something, um, and, and just to kind of reiterate what we've talked about, I, I think you are um, one of the very underrated players in the landscape of Bearcat mm-hmm. basketball. Um, and, and listen, there has been a tremendous amount of history, uh, a great right. culture with, with Bearcat basketball from – from Oscar Robertson, the 61-62 national champion, to, you know, you look at the Final Four right. team, Nick, Nick Van Exel, Corey Blunt, Pros, right. Kenyon, Kenyon Martin, Man. some dogs. However, I think you and definitely a guy like Tay hold definitely a special place in Bearcat basketball history Appreciate for that. what you did. Yeah, and I think you, I think, I think you know that, but it's important – that you hear it from other people that Yeah, man. Yeah. Definitely appreciate that. Yeah, you guys yeah. carried those first two years. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it led to that later that later success that the program is still benefiting from today. And mm-hmm. I think you are a great representative of what Bearcat basketball is all about and that is mm-hmm. toughness. If you look at the core, yeah, you're welcome. If you look at the core of UC basketball, and you go back and look at the greats, um, mm-hmm. you know, Eric Hicks is, is looked upon, Eric Martin, mm-hmm. uh, Gary Clark, and you, you, Kenyon Martin. You look at them, you have that same DNA of toughness, yeah. plain, and, plain and simple. So Pretty I want to make sure yeah. that, yeah, you're, you're very welcome. This is this has been great, man. This has been yeah. fun, yeah, definitely. Definitely catching up. We got we got to do it again, and we're probably gonna have to. I tell you what we what we'll do when we kind of get out of this uh, pandemic. Uh, maybe I can get um, some of you guys together. Um, you know, you, Tay, uh, Sykes, get a couple guys together, and we'll do a little roundtable and talk about those days. Oh yeah, that'll be fun. Cause yeah. I'm, oh, man. we got we got stories for days with, with, with Coach Cronin. <laughs> it just oh. it just overrides just everything that just happened those, those years. Man. Oh, I bet. Do you still talk to Coach Cronin at all? I know he's busy with with coaching and all I that. Haven't talked, but... man, I haven't talked to him in a in a while. It's, I mean, it ain't been that long. It's probably been a few months. I think I I checked on him around like the pandemic and stuff like that. Like when that when everything first happened. I checked mm-hmm. to see if he was if he was okay. And it might have been a little longer. But he always he always like, man, come down here. I got a room for you, this, this, and that. So and I got a really uh, good friend, uh Frank that's out there. So uh Okay. Make it a trip. So yeah. And, and that that reminds me too, do you know um 
I know you, I saw you at the uh, dinner at Coach Brandon's house, but uh, have you been in communication with him? Do you know Coach Brandon very well? Um, yeah, I mean, I talked to him. I talked to him a while. We had, we had talked uh, back. I, I met him a couple times. I, I spoke with. I spoken with him. Sent we sent text messages and stuff like that over. Good. He's super. He's super cool. And I went to. I went to a couple practices, so yeah, yeah, I, I know Coach. Okay, Brandon. good. Yeah, yeah. Good. I went to a couple practices, so I, I haven't been down there, of course, with everything going on now. Yeah, uh, but yeah. yeah, I made my way down there and spoke with him and met him. So, good, good dude, good dude. He re- he actually he reached out. I think he reached out to like all the former players and stuff when he had that dinner and everything. Yeah, introduced himself. So yeah. Yeah, he's a very good yeah. dude, and I know the team's struggling a little bit right now, and it just kind of mm-hmm. reminds me of the struggle that occurred um, when you were there. But, you know, I, I think, yeah. like you said about Mick, you knew Mick's going to find a way to, to, to dig, you know, dig down and, and get through that, and I think Coach Branner will do the same and, and get the program right, headed. Right, right. He got, a, he got a different coaching style, a totally different coaching style than Mick, but he has yeah. this – I think he, he makes the same point and does similar things uh, mm-hmm. with with everything that's going. So, I mean, you, I mean, of course, everybody's not going. Everybody's not going to be the same. But I, I, he's a really good dude. I think he's a really good coach. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Well, man, hey, this has been great, man. I appreciate your time, man. Appreciate you coming on. And like I said, we are going to definitely get this together where we do a roundtable and. Yeah, yeah really get down, tell some stories. Yeah, I promise we'll do yeah, that. Yeah. That sounds good. When I'm in Columbus, I'm gonna hit you up, man. I come up every night. Hey, hit me up, man. I, I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in. I'm, I'm still in a little something with, with some basketball, with some basketball stuff here. So I know a lot of good trainers and you know, okay. people that do do some stuff up here in Columbus. So okay. yeah, man, when you come up, man, yeah, hit me up. I will. We'll definitely connect, man. I appreciate you coming on the podcast, John. We'll catch up. Okay? All right, man. Thanks for having me. All right, bro. Be safe. Okay. All right. I want to thank everyone for listening to Season 2 of The Bearcat Basketball Podcast. Once again, you can follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. I'm also on Facebook and LinkedIn, Alex Meacham. I'm on Snapchat, BigMeach41. And I'm now dancing on TikTok, at AlexMeacham41. I appreciate everyone listening to the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. Go Bearcats!